I'm sitting in my camper in southwest Colorado, bunkered down, hunkered down, quarantined like the rest of us in whatever way we're being asked to on Friday, March 20th. And I've been reflecting on why I haven't come out sooner to, to kind of do a, uh, a COVID-19 podcast about what to do and what to say. And frankly, um, you know, I was thinking, how do you talk to your kids about something that you've never experienced before in your life, other than to say, this is something I've never experienced before in my life. And it's changing so rapidly. And I... I Literally earlier this week, we almost shut down the program and sent all the kids home. And then the next day, the state was like, don't do that. The kids are more safe and quarantine in your facility than they would be at home. And it's like we we all don't know what to do. And so this podcast, this rant, there's there's no guests. It's just me and you, folks. On this edition of, of Beyond Risk and Back, on this show, I just want to go back to the the absolute basics of, of how do you homeschool your kids? How do you talk about the COVID-19? How do you talk about the fact that mom or dad may not have a job next week? When it's so stressful, when it's such a, an unknown, everything that's going on, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen next. How do you talk about that? How do you have this conversation with your kids? Especially kids that are struggling and suddenly they're not in school. They're privy to the conversations that you're having with your family. When you're talking on the phone and you and your family members or you and your parenting partner are all trying to figure out the finances and, and you know, whether or not you, you are a fan of the current political climate, the commentary of how it's being done and what's being done is going to come up. We knew that when we didn't talk to the kids at the facility about what was taking place, they freaked out. We watched a big blowout happen at the facility. And it really took our executive director, Sherry Simmons, and she's also the host of the podcast, Which Way? You need, need, need to go check out Which Way with Sherry Simmons and her mom, Jan Simmons. But she pulled the staff together and said, look, the kids have no news. They don't have access to the newspapers or, or CNN or Fox or they're only getting the energy experience of what the staff is bringing in here. So it's not just the virus that's contagious. It's the energy of what life has thrown at us that is contagious. And if you already have a teenager or a kid that's dealing with depression and anxiety, and now everybody in the family is anxious and stressed out because quite frankly, you're stocking food and just bringing extra food into the house like, that's stressful enough. I mean, yours truly is an old prepper and a conspiracy buff. Y2K came and I was ready for the end of the world. And when I say ready, I want you to think of those old TV shows, preppers. I was ready. I'm not ready for this. So how do I talk about it to the kids in my facility? How, how do I talk about it to my own kids? My son, who's now in New York with his uncle, which I'm so grateful for. They're, they're amazing, amazing people. And he's not in Barcelona, Spain, where he's been living for the last five years. He got here just in time for everything to lock down. And I'm actually in my daughter's driveway 
of, a, of her place in Durango living in this camper. So I'm with my kids right now. How do you talk about this? And my kids are 24 and 25 years old. How do you do this? There is only one way to have a conversation of this magnitude with your children and not make it worse for them. And that is, how's your self-care? Have you been taking care of yourself through this? You're feeling the financial, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual stress of what's going on in the environment. What are you doing to regulate your own stress? Your kids are sleeping in and you're wondering if they should be spending eight hours, six to eight hours learning like the way they do at school, but school's not happening. Now they're spending all day online. You don't even know whether to pull them offline or not. So all they're doing is trying to stay connected when we're forcing them apart. And, you know, I've been reading these articles where the Gen X generation is like, oh, I got to be isolated at home alone. That's fine. I've, I've, I'm a latchkey kid. I wasn't. How do you do this? You self-regulate. That's how you do this. You regulate your own nervous system. You deal with your stress. And so many people think that thinking is doing. Let me say that again. So many people think that if you think about regulating your stress, you're regulating your stress. That's not regulating stress. That's thinking about it, actually adding more stress. Thinking about regulating your stress is the same as, as binge watching something on Netflix or Disney Plus to just not think about it. The stress isn't going away. You're just putting ibuprofen on top of it. And that's not going to help you. That's, that's not going to help anyone. It's not going to help your family. What are you doing to regulate your stress? Well, you can't go outside. You're supposed to be homeschooling your kids, making sure that they're doing stuff. Your kids don't even go to regular school, some of, some of my listeners. They're, they're stuck at home with anxiety and depression. All they want to do is be with their friends because there's teenagers and teenagers. And this is the time that they develop their social networks outside of you. They have to developmentally, but, but what do you do with that? They're spending all day online. Do you just shut off the internet? How do you do that? And what I submit to you parents is that it doesn't matter what you do as much as it matters how you do it. If you come to this situation out of reaction, instead of responding, because you've regulated your own nerve. You can't regulate your own nervous system and then have a emotional, behaviorally-based, conditioned reaction to it if you've regulated your nervous system. You will come with awareness and balance and connection. So I want to talk about the ABCs of reaction and the ABCs of response. Reaction, the lizard brain, the survival brain, and everybody, people don't hoard toilet paper using their prefrontal cortex. I have been to the Walmarts, I have been to the Safeways, I have been to the health food stores, and I am watching what people hoard. When the, the bags of nuts and protein powder is still sitting there, but the Jiffy peanut butter is gone, people are in survival mode. You're not thinking through this. You're in survival mode. You're going to prep for something. You're going to think much more strategically than reacting and buying up as many rolls of toilet paper as you can. And I'm not dissing people who've bought up the toilet paper rolls. I know how much toilet paper I have, and I know that I've got a six-pack of, of paper towels stashed away in my camper here. 
I'm not going to diss on how you've prepped or if you didn't prep because I've been a prepper and I didn't prepare for this one. I found myself ill-prepared for this experience, but what I have that I know parents will struggle with if they don't have is a regulated nervous system. I spent six hours outside the other day mending a fence, and it was the healthiest thing I could do for my nervous system. It's fix a fence. Because I was outside and I was using my body and I was carrying things around and a dog was following me. And it just was a moment of peace. And it doesn't have to be six hours of mending a fence, but it does have to be something of consciousness so that you can regulate your nervous system so that when you have a conversation with your kids about how you have no freaking idea what's going to happen next, and you don't know who to listen to, and you don't know how to prepare for this, that you can have that in such a way that it doesn't make things worse. How do you have a conversation around school when the kid says, it doesn't matter anyway, we're not going back to school for 18 months because they saw something on Google or heard something on MSNBC or read something that's being passed around Instagram like a virus? You respond with a regulated nervous system. I don't know what you say, uh, that's, but that's not the important part. The important part is that you say it without your heart rate shot through the roof. And the fact that you have taken some time for self-care so that you can look at your financial situation and figure out what kind of hustle you're going to create so you can make some money to pay the mortgage. So that you and your parenting partner, whether they're an ex or you're currently with them, that the two of you are in a space that you're having a conversation, not in reacting because you don't know where your next meal's coming from, but... You're just having a conversation about what's best for the kids. How do you do that? How do you separate the stress of the world that we're living in from parenting your kids? It's a conscious process. The ABCs of the lizard brain, the survival brain, the limbic brain are this. A, automatic reaction. You automatically react to what's going on. It's automatic. There is no gap between the information your body takes in and how you react. And B, it's behaviorally based. You do it from a behavioral standpoint. Your behavior becomes your language. It's your anger. It's your stress. And C, it's conditioned, which means it's the same thing you have always done. The neural pathway is so uber-developed that it's like the Grand Canyon. The water is going to flow that way. The energy will flow this way. It is a conditioned process because it has been replicated over and over and over since the dawn of time. And D, it digs the hole deeper. It makes it worse. It reinforces A, B and C. D digs the hole deeper. If the water is flowing this way in the Grand Canyon, then every time the water flows that way, it reinforces the fact that the water is going to flow that way. Every time. And E, we create expectations of others. That's the only way we feel that the world can change. If only the president would do something different. If only the people would shop differently. If only the news would say, handle this better. If only the doctors would figure out a cure. If only, and what we do, if we, we create this if-then scenario that if someone else changed, then I would be free and happy. The if-then. 
if only my child would stop smoking pot, then I wouldn't. If only my child would deal with their anxiety a different way, then I would. If only my ex or if only my spouse would, then I could. That's the expectations of others. And what we know is that expectations are very rarely met. And it sets up people for failure. A. Automatic reaction that is B. Behaviorally based. This happens because C. It's conditioned. D. It digs the hole deeper. And E. The only way out is to expect people to do something different. And there's no guarantee that they will. Think of it as a little lizard warming itself on a rock. Being all nice and mellow because it's, it's a cold-blooded creature. Its blood temperature will match the environmental temperature. And so it's sunning itself on a rock and suddenly a shadow falls over it. Is it the shadow of a predatorial bird or the shadow of a cloud? Don't know, but the lizard runs away. Fight, flight, freeze, faint, fornicate, and feed. Those are the six survival reactions. So it fight, it flights, it runs away, right? It's an automatic reaction that's behaviorally based, right? Out of, a, out of fear. So it's a behavior that is conditioned. This is what the lizard has done since birth. It digs a hole deeper, which means doing this will reinforce the behavior itself. And E, the only way that the lizard is going to be safe when the shadow falls is if the eagle haunts somewhere else. If only the eagle would hunt elsewhere, then I could be happy, free. That's the ABCs of survival. If you are at any of those with your kid, with your finances, with your marriage, with your work, with being isolated and quarantined, you're in survival mode. You're using your limbic system. So what's the alternative? We call it wizard mode, right? It's, it's, it's changing from lizard to wizard. So let's take this current situation of the COVID-19 and say, what is the wizard version? And then let's think of what a wizard is, right? Very smart, uh, has a lot of knowledge, uh, have the, has the books of the past so they know what happens and has the crystal ball of the future so they can look ahead to see if they do this, what's going to change, have a laboratory that they analyze the elements of the environment to create the change that they desire. That's the symbolic archetypal nature of the wizard. Put quite frankly, it's your prefrontal cortex. It's your adult thinking brain. It's the, it's the wisest, smartest, best part of your brain. Right? Where everything else is the lizard, the limbic system. This is the best part. The prefrontal cortex, the developed part. These are the ABCs of the wizard. A, become aware that you've never dealt with this before. You become completely and totally aware of your environment. Completely and totally aware of how you're feeling. Completely and totally open to what is taking place. It's the what is. You become aware of what is. And then B, you find balance with it. That's going to be tough, but the practice has to be conscious, right? If you're all of a, if you're on a teeter totter and all of a sudden it flips to one side, you have to consciously be present with the teeter totter and you have to balance your body. But not only that, you have to balance your breathing because holding your breath will create imbalance in your life. And see, 
connection before correction. You have to be connected with the thing you want to correct. Your kids, yourself, your breathing patterns, your ex, the environment. You've got to connect to what is taking place. We try to push the world out so we can deal with it. You can't deal with it when it's been externalized. You have to internalize the experience. And then D, then you decide. D is then you decide on the tool you're going to use. And then the best part of the prefrontal cortex, the wizard, is the E. You evaluate the outcome. Did it work? Did how you respond? Did how you handle? Did that consequence? Did that, that stock you just bought or sold? Did that work? Did that make things better or worse? Oh, it made it worse? Okay, let's start over. Well, it would have been better if only they... Now you're in the E of expecting others to change, which means you've already been through A through D in Lizard. So let's do the wizard again. The wizard, A, become aware. B, balance your nervous system. C, connection before correction. D, then decide. Once you are connected to the person, place, or thing that is presenting a problem, then D, decide on the tool you're going to use to change the environment. And then E, evaluate the outcome. These are the ABCs of our survival brain or our thriving brain. Well, you have them both. But what I submit to you is if you find yourself in any part of the survival piece, you've already been through the rest of them. And you will dig the hole deeper. And the only way out is to expect others to change. So, how do you talk to your kids? How do you homeschool them? How do you deal with the fact that your finances may have suddenly stopped? You go into your wizard brain and you figure it out. What other option do you have? Expect the virus to go away? Expect the government to do things better? Expect your place of employment to suddenly shift? Expect your kids to stop being stressed out? That's suffering. The way through is consciousness. A, B, C, D, E. Awareness, balance, connection, decide on the tool, evaluate the outcome, and then go through it again. You're going to have to correct and continue, correct and continue. I don't know the answers on what to say to your kids. I've never dealt with this before. I, I don't know what to say to my kids. I'm going to have a conversation where I tell them, stop spending money. Just stop because I don't know what's coming. My wife and I are sitting at my daughter's house wondering if we should go back to the facility or not to be a bigger presence there. But I don't want to bring the fact that I was at Walmart and Home Depot yesterday and exposed to lots of people back to the kids at the facility. So do I stay here? Do I go there? I don't know. But I can't decide if I am automatically reacting and it's a behavioral based reaction and it's conditioned behavior based on my fears of childhood that is only going to dig the hole deeper and create me expecting others to do things differently. I will not survive 
this virus. I will thrive through it. And that comes from self-care. You cannot parent from a good place if you're not taking care of yourself. I have two coaching clients right now that I specifically have on a very physical track, right? I'm, we're, we're working with their, uh, the mental stuff and the physical stuff, and the, the, the emotional stuff and the spiritual stuff and the financial stuff, but my homework to them is purely physical. Daily workouts. I've got one of them doing 100 push-ups a day for 30 days and recording it, proving that he's doing it. I've got the other one making sure that every day she's finding something to do yoga or just stretching at home or working out to a YouTube video or something. And both of them are reporting how they're able to deal with the other things because their bodies are regulating. They have a strength that they didn't have before. For me, my, my exercise routine, going to the gym and stuff, that has been completely interrupted. But that's my daily self-care piece. So for me, going outside while I have some tools and a fence to fix and a dog following me around, that has been everything that I needed to just keep myself centered. How are you practicing self-care in a time where none of us know what to do? I don't have this great answer for you on how to homeschool your kids, but I will guarantee you it won't work if your nervous system is completely falling apart. So I'm going to go through this with you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to step alongside uh, you while, while we go through this whole virus craziness and figure out what this world is going to do next. But folks, let's do it while we're aware, balanced, and connected, deciding on the tool and evaluate the outcome. Let's do it from our wizard brains. What I ask is that, that you share this podcast and you go to, to iTunes and you give me a review. Please, folks, come give me a review on iTunes or on Spreaker, wherever you're getting your podcast downloaded from. That really helps me out. Beyond Risk and Back is growing like crazy, and it's been awesome uh, having this experience with you guys. I've got 35 weeks of shows in the can coming out every single Friday. I'll be doing special episodes like this all the time with special guests and uh, um, I really appreciate how, as parents, you guys have shown up for me in this podcast as I try to get as much information into your heads and hands and to get the experts that those of us who work in the mental health industry have access to you, get these experts talking to you guys. So please share, give a listen, a like, a subscribe, and a share to Beyond Risk and Back wherever you're finding us. And uh, thank you. Thanks for being such an amazing audience. I love getting your emails. Email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com. Tell me what shows you want to get on the air. Tell me the experts you want me to talk to. Tell me the questions and quandaries that you do have. I had a mom email me the other day that says she's got three kids at home. She's a single mom and she, all three of them are online all day long. How do I do that? And I have three shows just about that process. So please email me any questions, email me any shows you'd like to see. And if certainly you have guest ideas, let me know who they are and I'll try to get them on the show. And if you've got a story of success, a rock bottom story that you want to tell to the other parents on the air, email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com. That's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at Fire Mountain 
Programs.com, and we'll we'll get these things. We'll get we'll get get as much support and help and your stories, your your amazing experiences with life and your own kids always serves to help another parent. If you're wondering if your child does need residential treatment, go to FireMountainPrograms.com and check us out. See if we're the right one for you. Contact our admissions team. If we are not the right program for you, we will support you in finding the right program. And we've got a great resource list on our website, resource list on our website uh, that can help you out there. Thanks, parents. And in this time that none of us know how to do this, remember, take care of yourself first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our kids. That's how we're going to be the best parents. And even if the kids continue to struggle, we will know that we acted from the best possible place, modeling self-care and adult relationship care and prioritize for these kids how to take care of yourself even when we don't know what's going on. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon.